Player 2, this is Player 1, plugging in. Player 1 is initiating connection. Player 1 is online. Player 1, this is Player 2, plugging in. Player 2 is initiating connection. Player 2 is online. All players have successfully connected. You are now plugged into the Plug and Play podcast. Initiating setup sequence. Podcast. I'm your host Zach, and alongside me, as always, is Tim, and I am on both microphones. Welcome, minions. Zach's voice is so loud it picks up on my microphone, even though it's supposed to be one directional. Yeah, it's the voice that cannot be stopped. Cannot be Speaking stopped. of voices that cannot be stopped, you should really, if nothing else, just listen to the last five minutes or three minutes. Yeah, three minutes of, of uh, last episode, just for a little Easter egg we put in there. Exactly. Happy Easter, guys. So we are back. It's been a week, and Tim. It was Easter. Um, it was Easter. So this was a weird week at work for me. Friday was like uh, kind of slow, so I started sending people home. And then about 9 o'clock, it just got busy. And, like, it just kept getting busy. And I filled up, and I was like, holy crap. And I had a record-breaking sales night. And then, um, yeah, Saturday was was weird in its own way. I won't get into that. And then uh, Monday, uh, the day after Easter, was super slow. Well, um, but everybody's like, I'm so I'm full. I hate myself for all the ham I... Yeah, and... so um, I actually finished the article that I'll be talking about in a little bit. Okay. When I was supposed to be working. I, don't worry, I was off the clock, but... No, I, you weren't, but that's all right. Yeah, I get paid, yeah. I finally got paid for a button match special article. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> what you gotta do? <laughs> like I said, it was Easter. Um, I did get that day off from okay. work, which was cool. Got time with the family. Um had a nice meal, cheated a little bit in my diet, but that was planned. Yep. Had mashed potatoes, basically, is what it was, and... Beer? No, cake. Oh, nice. Um, and then uh, we had played with the kids a little bit. Um, I played one of the games I'll be talking about with my son. Okay. And then watched a bunch of TV that we were backed up on with uh, my wife. So we finished out Grimm, so I've now seen all of the episodes of Grimm, and... Uh, I was kind of excited at first because I thought they were going to go with a really dark ending, but then they kind of pulled this thing like, well, no, none of that really happens, and I was like, oh, dang it, I kind of like this dark ending. It's all a fucking nightmare. So if you stop watching like 10 minutes from the end, you get the dark ending that I want, just in case you ever watch that show. Okay. Um, So that was Easter, that was fun, and then... We went to a con, you and me. Yeah, we did. On Saturday. It was a con. It was a con. We'll talk about that during Tech Talk. And the only other thing is to bring up my diet again is I tried ramen without ramen. And it was actually okay. During the con. Right. We uh, left at one point and uh, had ramen at one of my favorite places. And to cut down on carbs, I asked them to make it with no noodles. 
It was actually still pretty good because the broth and all the yummy bits in it, like the pork belly and the egg. Um, so I still enjoyed it a lot. The only other thing I wanted to bring up really quick, um, kind of looking forward to Adventure Time Tuesdays. Um, the Adventure Time Tuesday, I wanted to make a really big one, uh, was going to Seattle. Yeah. But my daughter had a school trip, and she went to the... the she already went there, the EMP. They don't call it EMP oh, now. fuck you, it's EMP. It's just like the Rose Gardens, technically not the Rose Garden. But she got to see all the cool science fiction stuff and the indie game mm-hmm. exhibit, and, and uh, she didn't go on the monorail. Yeah. She didn't ride to the top of the Space Needle. See, there's a ton of stuff. And she didn't go to Pike Place Market, and she didn't see the Bubblegum Mall. Well, I haven't even seen that. You haven't heard of the Bubblegum Mall? I've heard of it. I've okay. seen it. So, yeah, that was kind of a bummer, though. She saw some of the cool stuff already. Yeah, Pike's Market is, like, basically, like, a half-a-day thing. It could be, yeah. The monorail will be fun for them, too. It will be. Yeah, so. you're still going to have Hey, of remember money. how we rode a train here? Yeah. Well, get on another train, kids. Exactly. This one's above the sky. Yeah. Um, I'm glad we'll be taking the train, too, by the way, because her ride yeah, home. that sucked. Six hours. Yeah. Six hours on a Friday to get back from Seattle. No, no, thank you. Anyway, what's your week been like? <sighs> that exciting? Yeah. All right. Um, so, we did a con. Um, I finished up the my wife's best friend's bathroom this weekend. Okay. So put the light in, finished the floor, sealed it. Just can't put down home remodel no, 2K17. I fucking love it. Every DLC pack, you're like day one. I know, day one pre-order, baby. Um, fuck VHS tapes. Why? Because they take up a shitload of room. Also, how? Dude, there's like little holes in there. You just gotta get It's not gonna work creative. for me, Zach. No, maybe, maybe you for just you? gotta drill it out, bro. Alright, so wh- why do you hate VHS though? Because they take up so much room and they're heavy. Why do you have a VHS? Or... I have every single Disney movie. Mm. Some VHS. of those are worth money. Yeah, I think some of mine are like remasters of it. They're like not the original VHS. But So I bought a device. I bought an Elgato. Oh, you did? The little VHS Elgato that plugs oh. the red, yellow, and... Boo. Yeah, so I can, play, I can record like old school video games now for uh, our YouTube channel. Um... So we're, you're playing the final station, huh? Apparently. That's what I left running, but... That's uh, weird. Um, so I bought it. It was like 80 bucks, but then I can get rid of all of our home videos that my mom recorded when I was a kid, and all of our Disney movies record them onto digital, and we have everything for when the kid wants to watch. If you get rid movie. of the physical media, I would just say make a backup and store the backup in a separate way. Yeah. I have a separate hard drive. Cool. A flash drive would be good. It feels a little more secure to me than a... That's very true. So, that's good. I mean, yeah. Get rid of that dead weight. Exactly. So, we'll be doing that. Uh, it'll be coming in. I wish I could have got, like, the real, like, nice Elgato. But uh, it doesn't allow for red, yellow, and white. So, hmm. yeah, you have to get the Elgato Classic or something like that. I don't fucking remember what the hell it's called. It's 80 bucks compared to 200 bucks. That's uh, a bit more. Yeah. So, and it was on sale, so I picked it up. Cool. Um, I also started night classes for accounting, so... How thrilling is that? Actually, it's, like, super fucking simple so far. Good. So, it's, like, a lot of terminology and lingo that I already use in my daily, like, work transaction. So, it's pretty easy. Um, so far, we're one class in, and, I mean, I wasn't lost. So. Is that the only class you're going to be taking? No, I'm going to be taking more, but this is the first, and it's, like, literally five nights or something like that like a really rough introduction so like 
Just five sessions. Yeah. Not, five not five sessions. nights a week, but five sessions. Yeah, five sessions. Cool. So, um, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Starting yeah. to try to figure out stuff with the company. So, so with all this stuff you've been doing, have you had any time to play games? I did. What did you play? I played Zelda. Cool. Now, you told me what, what you did, but the listeners haven't heard yet. So. so, I spent, like, an hour going through... Last place we dropped off was... I was at the Garadu, uh However the fuck you pronounce it. Garadu, Garadu, Jaradu, Doo. One of those is probably right. Probably. Um, I think it's Garadu. Um, I was at their place getting onto the beast. I got onto the beast... And did the puzzle. That's the hardest fucking puzzle I've encountered in this goddamn game. Okay. Which ones have you done yet? When you say the puzzle, you mean... Like, the in, rotation in... of pieces to get to the terminals. Oh, okay. It's a real fucking bitch. Alright. Took me about... I've done the elephant, whatever it's called. Okay. That's it. Is that the... Who was that? That's the, uh... Um... Zora? Yeah. They have an elephant? They have an elephant that shoots water everywhere. Oh. It's trunk. Gotcha. Makes it rain in their domain. Gotcha. You can't climb shit in their domain until you turn that beast off. Gotcha. Um, so, I spent probably two hours doing the beast. Wow. And then probably spent close to two and a half hours trying to defeat the final boss. Just the final boss. Wow. Dying. Over and over and over. So I finally said, fuck it, and found a guide online. And people were saying that you need to have the Master Sword to do this. And I'm not even near having the Master Sword. And I said, fuck that. So then I got off the beast, spent 45 minutes cooking, cooked up a shitload of uh, thunder, like uh, resistant, shock resistant uh, recipes. Uh Went back and used those and did it on the first try. But that place is all about electrocuting the shit out of you. Hmm. And if you don't have a shitload of stars, you die on the first hit. So, have you touched at all on what it takes to get the Master Sword? Out no. Of curiosity? Okay. Have you? No. I was just wondering. No. Alright. So. So, that's good four or five hours of game, if one sounds yeah. like. That's a lot better than the last couple of weeks for you. Yeah, exactly. So, I got about five hours in, all cool. on one beast. Nice. Um, but it's done. So now I have two out of the four beasts, and now I'm back to trying to find memories. So Cool. Yep. What about you? Um, Easter, I played uh, Blaster Master Zero with my son, and we fought our first probably major, like, hard boss where, yeah. where I would die, like, multiple times until we, we figure out his pattern. And um, he was able to help me with a couple times with health boosts in the middle of the fight, which is cool. Um, it's definitely easier with cute. two players. Like, I'll save you, Daddy. So. Do you want you to die? Not this time. Okay. He's a good little helper when it comes to that. Um, and then, can you scroll a little bit? Yeah. I can't remember. Oh, yeah. So today, just today, I got um, finally cracked open two games I got in the mail. Um, two? Yeah. Best Buy was clearancing out some of their older PlayStation VR titles. And after a bunch of discounts that I won't yeah. bore you with, I got... For twelve bucks, I got Until Dawn's Rush of Blood Jesus. and uh, VR Worlds that multiple game pack. Huh, yeah, and I haven't cracked that one yet. But Until Dawn Rush of Blood is is really stupid, but it's pretty fun. Huh. If you've played Until Dawn, like you and I have, yeah. you recognize the imagery. 
It's definitely a B-level game. Like, it doesn't even have the original actors. That sucks. So, you remember the doctor? Yeah. There's a guy that tries to act like him, but it's not him. Gotcha. Um, and it basically takes the old environments that you play in the game and turns it into this, like, fever dream, like, amusement uh, kind of carnival roller coaster that you huh. shoot things. And you get two guns, so that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, if you play with the move controllers that I have. So I didn't play it with... There's two options for control. Yeah, PS4 controller or move. And so, yeah, I'm, I don't know how you would do two guns with just a PS4 controller. So I'm glad I'm playing the way I am. Also, yeah. it's like... It's pr- pretty accurate. I mean, as far as like a light gun shooter goes. Like, if I'm aiming at something, I feel like I'm... Pro- You're going to probably hit it. And it's not being, like, ridiculously generous. Like, if I miss, I'm going to miss. Yeah. So... The shooting part's pretty satisfying, and uh, the imagery is, like, really cheesy horror, but it's it's pretty cool, and a dumb, like, I don't know. The 15-year-old in me really likes this game a lot, <laughs> and I think I'm actually... movies? Not yet. Okay. Um, there's lots of things that jump out of you. You get to shoot clowns a lot huh. in the face, I which... clowns. Do you like shooting when the clowns with a sawed-off double double barrel shot? I haven't tried that yet. Sawed-off double barreled shotgun to the clown's face is pretty satisfying. Um, so yeah, I'm having fun with that. I, I feel like I'm probably halfway through it. Nice. I, I'm guessing it's pretty short. So I'm enjoying that. But that's it, really. Sweet. There's another game that I want to be playing. I have all queued up and ready to go. We'll Zelda. Talk, no, I'll okay. talk about that one later. Alright. But I think it's time for this week's Tech Talk. Tech Talk! Tech Talk! I never So this week for Tech Talk, we're going to talk about Betacon because um, Betacon has uh, billed itself as Portland, Oregon's first. I'm looking it up now. Indie developer. No, they. Uh, I'm, I'm going to read their tagline word for word if I can. Just give me a half a second. First major video game and technology expo. A lot of shit. Betacon's mission is to bring together gamers, technology fans, educators, and innovators. So they were definitely about the tech. Um, so it was a two-day event, and turns out it was scheduled the same time as SecuraCon up in Seattle, which is a major con. So that would explain some of the low attendance we saw, because we have to be honest, it wasn't super well attended. No. There was not... If you wanted to see a game, you could definitely... Uh, you, could, you could see a game. There was no PAX lines. There was no... There was lines. I mean... Three people is a line. Okay. Um, especially for the VR demos. And I, The I, VR I, demos... If you wanted to try out VR in your Portland, would, it was probably the best place to go try it. If you've never played a VR game, this was probably a, a good time for you. Because there's at least five. I didn't count. But there was yeah. at least five demos. At including least. one from... Uh, Insomniac, which mm-hmm. is a pretty major developer. Yeah. So they had uh, the Unspoken there, which we didn't try. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was VR there. That was there. Um, they had some panels. Tell me about the Marvel game you tried out, bro. So we did have one developer reach out to us and wanted us to try his game. And, and I, I really tried to give it a fair shot. I really did. But, okay. You know that old Marvel game that comes in, like, its own wooden cabinet that your grandpa thought was, like, the shit? Yeah, I do Let's know. It, I you saw can, you play it. You can twist with two axes, and, and the yeah. marble goes through. And you try not to get into the early holes because you want the later holes for the best points. Or 
if you don't know what the hell I'm talking about, but you have played uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, you know that one temple <laughs> with the motion controls and the um, you have to tilt the ball the through this, the ball through the maze. It's pretty much that. That's the whole game. That's it. That's the whole game. Now that they've spiced it up a little bit with objectives, like you want to get this first, or you want to get this key to unlock this wall so you can get this item. But they were so enthusiastic about it, and like I'm like, is there a clamoring for this old style game to be made into a new modern mobile game? No. I will give it that it controlled well. Um, the objectives were mystifying to me, and. I don't know. It just made me kind of sad that these people were spending a lot of time and money developing this game. That I kind of wonder where the market is for it. But anyway, I'm not naming the game just because they put a lot of passion into it. I don't give them. They that. were very passionate about their marbles. So while I'm talking trash about it, I'm not going to name it, and I'm sure they are already yelling at me over the air anyway. But whatever. Uh, a game that we did try. Um, that, no, it's perfect. Um, that we did have fun with was uh, Failwell. Oh, yeah, that was fun. From Absomniac. And apparently he's um, been developing games for quite a while. He has some other ones that look interesting. That uh, that um, kind of racing game looked cool. Yeah. It's like a it was game. like a hill climber almost. You've played some hill climbers before. Yeah, I have. So Failwell, you play as a narwhal, and you can kind of customize it and make it look like a zombie or mm-hmm. bloodshot eyes or whatever you want. It's like yeah, that's pretty cool. Pretty easy, simple editor. And then you chase... Um, other narwhals. I can't remember if it was four or eight. Four. Four. Yeah. And you... You're all on one big open map. Right. And there's obstacles, like, depending on the map. Icebergs. And then you have a limited amount of charge, and you try to, when you get close to one of them, you know, charge and stab them with your horn. Yeah. And then Kill like, them. Yeah, and it's, like, super gory, and, like, blood pours out in chunks and everything. Yeah. It's awesome. It was a lot of fun. It was fun. Um, the other cool thing about it is he somehow... I wasn't ex- exactly sure how it worked technically, but you could... uh have a local game over local Wi-Fi, mm-hmm. which was cool. So you could actually have, be playing against people in the same room instead of just random strangers. So that was kind of neat. It reminded me of the old days of, like, the DSs where you... Yeah, get together and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's pretty cool. So we've got a short interview here for, from him, uh, the developer. I'm going to roll that now. Well, Farewell is a multiplayer online narwhal combat simulator. And uh, uh, players can get together online. We also can support offline Wi-Fi play, and people pull up a hotspot and... They're able to jump in, run around, kind of dogfight each other in the water, and uh, see how many kills they can rack up in a row. So is it going to be available on, uh, like, Apple and Android? or? Yeah, right now we've got a beta. Uh, we just released the beta for Android, and we've got a beta going for uh, iOS as well. Um, you can get a hold of us at appsomniacs.com. That's A-P-P-S-O-M-N-I-A-C-S.com. And uh, we can uh, get you connected up to the game and get you in. Thanks a lot. And we also checked out a panel, and um, they put together some interesting people in the panel, including an um, Olympic athlete. Uh, dev- a two-time Olympic athlete. A developer for Insomniac. Yep. And then two guys who worked at Nike that used to work at <laughs> Ubisoft and Electronic, Electronic Arts. Yeah. Um, that threw me off, because those two guys were like, I don't know why the hell we're here, I work for Nike now. The best discussions, it has to be said, were with between the Insomniac. Insomniac and then the... Because they were both athletes, and as you'll hear in this first clip, um, they were comparing the process of training for an athletic event with uh, um, planning and executing a game. Mm-hmm. So that's this first clip. 
I think when you're when you're talking about the creative development process from an athletic standpoint, it, it first starts with that goal. What am I trying to achieve? And it when you set that goal, I think initially it's it's really exciting. Because your whole team, which it really does take a team, now you're now you're on the map, now you have some kind of direction for your actions. Um, and from then on it's it's kind of like it's really messy. I think for example, going into a, an Olympic year, we know what our goal is, it's to win the Olympic Games. And from there, we actually work backwards. We kind of set a plan, set some objectives, say, okay, here's the meet two weeks before the Olympics that we want to be at, and here's what, where we want to be during that time. Two weeks before that, where do we want to be? A month before that, where do we want to be? So it's really this interesting working backwards process instead of starting from the beginning and going forward. Uh, the key is, Understanding that all those objectives probably aren't going to be there. They're, it's just going to be completely different by the time you get to where you are. Yeah, I would, I would definitely agree with that. Working backwards is key. And I think for those of you, uh, how many of you are game developers in the audience or aspiring game developers? So almost all of you, or many of you. So you know the importance of working backwards uh, from your goal, like in terms of like when do you want to release the game? What, what are your key milestones? How do you get there? Um, what I've noticed from an athletic standpoint, relating this back to games, is I remember signing up for my first Ironman, and every Ironman I've done since, there's that moment of terror after you have hit send on registering, and you're like, oh my god, I really have to do this now, and I just spent a fair amount of money to torture myself for a period of hours and months, uh, and it's certainly no different from a game development standpoint, like, the dream and the excitement of we're going to go set out and make this new creative adventure, this endeavor, this thing that's going to become uh, and leave an indelible mark on who we are as, as, as humans has just gotten very real. And you can go two ways with that. It's like you either think about that and you don't sign up and you miss the opportunity of a lifetime or you dance with that fear and you say, okay, how are we going to make this manageable every single day, every single week, every single month, every milestone until you've shipped something that you're very proud of? All right. In our next clip from uh, this panel, they talk about crunch time. And if you are like... We don't mean like crunch berries or like or time Captain to do, Crunch. Or time to do crunches. Or time to do crunches. This crunch time refers to like the last two weeks of a project where you you've got a strict deadline and you've got to pull everything together and come up with a game. It's literally crunch time. So people don't sleep. They, they or, or they sleep in their offices. They have yeah. meals delivered. They're just working around the clock to get something out. So here's a small discussion of what that's like. Oh, good question. So does crunch still exist at Insomnia? I mean. I think crunch is one of those challenges that exists for every developer, and we have a full project management team like trying to mitigate the effects of that as much as possible. But sure, there are always going to be milestones where you know we all need to band together, and I think it goes to the original question about pacing, and it goes to the original question about vision. If we can share the vision, and if we understand where we are with our milestone, hopefully it doesn't feel like crunch, because I think crunch is... The idea of crunch often can be synonymous with like death march yeah. in terms of like, I don't want to do this, I don't want to be here, I haven't seen my family, I, I just want a break. 
And I think as long as uh, those periods of training and performance are well balanced and well communicated in advance and that we're doing everything we can to mitigate uh, any unnecessary um, overwork, then I think that's where the sweet spot is, is basically effective management combined with staying on course with what the vision for the project is. All right. So that was the panel that we got to hear, yeah. and it was um, very interesting in parts, especially the, the parts here that we highlighted. Yeah. Um, the other thing that we saw on the floor at um, Betacon that we thought was really cool and we want to highlight is something we hadn't heard of before, even though they've been going for 10 years now. The Oregon Game Project Challenge is an organization that um, hosts a, a game challenge with a different theme every year, and they just have teams of middle schoolers and high schoolers, yep. uh, up to seven per team, develop a game based on a certain theme, and then they have a competition. So here to better explain that, um, I don't, don't remember his name, but you'll probably hear it in the interview. Yep. Um, go ahead and play that clip for you. My name is Alan Rogers. I'm a board member with... Oregon Game Project Challenge, OGPC. OGPC ha is in its 10th year now, and we are an educational nonprofit. We sponsor a contest every year for middle and high school students to write and program a video game. That's awesome. That's right up our alley. What's that? So that's right up our alley. Right up your alley, yep. right. And what we're displaying today, we had our contest uh, last week. And so these are like our top trophy winners from the best in show, people's choice, judges' choice uh, from the middle school and the high school. And they're showing their games here. That's awesome. Um, so how many high schools were represented uh, this year? 40 high schools, 17 middle schools. Okay, and how many contestants or teams would that be broken down into? 57 teams. Total. Sorry, it was 57 teams. I can look up the number of schools. Oh, right, that's fine. You know, but it's about 17 middle school, 40 high school. Okay. We have a lot more participation from the high schools. Yeah, of course. And then every high school, uh, a lot of high schools will send two or three or four or six teams. Okay. You know. How many years has this been going on? We This this was our 10th year. This was number 10. Yeah, this was our 10th year. That's awesome. Where do you guys hold it at? Uh, we're, we've just started holding it at Western Oregon University in okay. Monmouth. Okay. And uh, we look forward to having it there every year for a while now. I Is think. it open to the public to come and check Absolutely out the video games? Absolutely open to the public. It's... Uh, where would where would they uh, learn more about it for next year? OGPC.info. Okay. And we are always in need of volunteers. We OGPC is a 100% volunteer organization. Okay. Uh, we accept, you know, we have sponsors and donations and volunteers, but mostly we need volunteers every year. In addition to all those kids, we needed uh, about 50 volunteers to act as judges and you know perform other duties yeah. to help us out awesome sounds good everything else to add or i was going to add there were 212 students this year that came to the main event which was last weekend representing 245 students from 28 schools wow so. sounds good well thank you guys very much and uh thanks for doing what you guys are doing but thank you for talking to us of course come play the games yeah we just did <laughs> <laughs> i captured that picture and then lastly, we have um, the judges' selection for that uh, this year's project challenge mm -hmm. uh, from Wilson from high, school, high School. High School. High School. 
and they built a, or they rebuilt a custom arcade cabinet yeah, with their game. It. Uh, was the game Attack or something? Uh, something like that, yes. Um, You'll hear it in the interview. We did get to play through it, and the, it cap- the cabinet was cool. Um, but here's uh, Zach's interview with them. So that's um, kind of an audio tour of our experience with Betacon. It's going to probably come back next year. I would think so. All right, guys, we are over here. You guys are the high school project, correct? Yes. Okay, and we're checking out a Expedition. Expedition Attack. Yes. So why don't you guys explain what we're looking at here? Because we're looking at an old-school cabinet arcade that has been completely redone and looks awesome. So if you could introduce your guys to self and then explain what we're looking at. Uh, my name is Alyssa, and this is Alec. Yeah, I'm Alec. Um, it's a game that we made. It's just a, like a 2D side-scroller beat-em-up kind of thing. We made it in about two months Okay. for a competition last weekend, Oregon okay. Game Project Challenge. And we had a uh, Golden T98 donated to us, so we took out Golden T98 and refurbished the cabinet, painted it, got a new control board, and... Uh, sound system and we custom made our own game in C++ and SFML and now we have this. So walk us through the process of starting the game up in high school like what classes did you guys take or was it after school or like what led to this? Uh, We have a computer science program in our school like it's one of the top ones in the state so it's really nice to have that and we have a really good computer science teacher that like helped us through the process it started out last year, we had like a little project, which was just the game, but like one enemy, one player, and that was it. And we decided to do more with it. Uh, February is when the semester ended, so we started working on this more. There was a lot of time out of school that we did it. And we just started with like little bits and pieces, and after about a month, we realized we should probably put it together. And yeah. Awesome. So what high school are you guys out of? Wilson High School. Okay. Sounds good. And who's going to be taking this home after the today? Uh, Which one of you students is going to take this home? I think we're bringing it to the school. Okay. We're going to put it in the computer lab. Awesome. Sounds good. Well, thank you very much for your guys' time. Welcome. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. If you are a game developer, I think you definitely need to go to this. It's a good place to network. Yeah. Uh, Pink Squad was there, and of course they're huge in the indie scene here in Portland. Yeah. And their booth was actually pretty cool with some interesting games. Yeah, they actually had, um, what was the game there? That T- I tried? T- Tacoma? Yeah, Tacoma. From uh, Fulbright's coming out soon. It was interesting. It's definitely not a good convention game. No, a lot of small details and yeah. uh, audio logs. and Yeah. Um, but that'll be, it's coming out soon, I think. Soon, yeah. And there were some other games that I definitely want to check out more, like Quadra Blaster was one I want to learn more about. And you played a game, too. I did. Uh, Queer Adventure? It's yeah, not quite so. right. Yeah. It doesn't sound quite right. Queer Quest. Queer Quest, that's it. It was a Kickstarter game. Um, huh. I almost featured it one time. It's definitely the old school point and click like LucasArts or yeah. Sierra. Was it voice acted? Yep. Okay. Um, I kind of got lost in as far as what to do in the tiny little piece that I was at. But again, the convention is not the best place to play games like this. Yeah. Where you need concentration. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's Betacon. If you want to learn more about Betacon... I wrote up an article that features even more things about it. You can check that and out. photos. With photos at thebuttsmashers.com. And also a mirrored um, article on our own site if you want to check it out there. So, um, sounds good, guys. We'll be right back after this music break. Um, yeah, stay tuned. So, we know you like Fallout and Skyrim. 
But what about other games out there? You like any of those? We're guessing you do. Well, we've got the answer for you. If you do, why don't you head over to ASAPodcasting.com and give our general gaming show, ASA Game Talk, a listen. It's available for iTunes and Stitcher for all your listening needs. That's ASAPodcasting.com, ASA Game Talk. Hey guys, and we are back. Tasty Treats in Hand brought to us. This is the final Tasty Treat from ASA Podcasting, Michael over there. So this is a George Washington Stout. Nice. So this is Philadelphia's own Yards Brewing Company, established 1994. Yards, Ales of the Revolution. Um, this is, like you said, General Washington's Tavern Porter. Let's see what it says about it. Mmm... This is actually brewed from coffee beans that he shit out at one point in time. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty special. Yeah. An admirer of Philadelphia-style porters, George Washington, General Washington, developed this recipe to satisfy his thirsty field officers. So this is George Washington's recipe. I don't know how historically accurate it is, but let's see how it tastes. Yeah. Oh, this tastes like revolution. Makes me want to kill some British. That's not a bad idea. Tammy and I go kill some British people after this? I mean, I haven't drank it yet. But, but Tim. Alright, it's definitely dark. Like George Washington Soul, apparently. Apparently. Cheers. Cheers. That's really good. Yeah, I want to go kill some British. It also tastes good. No, it's good. I would get a whole six pack of that if it was available here no shit this is actually really good that's a great porter it's very good you ready to kick it let's kick it alright Tim I'm gonna kick us off okay kick us off so bro why don't you kick us off so bro um, so I have so bro from Indie Gow Gow and it is a cooler coffee table, guys. So your wife actually brought this to my attention. Um, so it's a smart coffee table, and it's made for the connected lifestyle. So it has a refrigerated drawer for your tasty treats, a Bluetooth speaker on both sides, charging ports on both sides, and LEDs, LED lights underneath it. So we're getting a new plug-and-play podcast recording studio headquarters soon, right? We are. Does it have a table in it yet? It doesn't. I need one. I mean... I mean, you want to help me fund this thing? Maybe. It's $850 off right now? Yeah. You'd, come, you'd get it this year. You would. So there's still plenty left. There is. I mean, I'd be down for half. Okay. Let me talk to my wife. All right. <laughs> so, anyways, guys, I'm going to let the developers talk about this real quick. This is the Sobro coffee table. The Sobro is a feature of furniture designed for your connected lifestyle. With a refrigerated drawer, Bluetooth speakers, and charging ports, the Sobro keeps you powered up and in the moment. Technology has changed over the past 20 years. These days, we're looking for quick solutions to solve our problems and ways to simplify our lives. This got us thinking, while everything around us has advanced, why hasn't furniture? This is why we designed the Sobro coffee table. Furniture reinvented for your modern lifestyle. 
Sobro uses Bluetooth pairing with its built-in speakers to provide excellent sound quality that's cord-free. You can also set the mood with the ambient LED lighting. Designed with a large refrigerator drawer, the coffee table keeps beverages and food chilled and always within reach. Charge your phone and laptop with the outlets on the side of the table. When you're done, roll up your cords and stash them in the drawers. We're excited to bring Sobro to Indiegogo. We've created a prototype and have our manufacturing partners in place. All we need is your help to start production and begin shipping the Sobro coffee table to your living room. We believe that Sobro is a future of furniture because it makes living a connected life more convenient. Please back us today and help make the Sobro coffee table a reality. So as you guys just heard, um, this is a pretty badass thing. I mean, you needed a beer fridge. I do need a beer fridge. Now, the only thing that I can see as an issue is how do I run the electrical cord across my floor of my office to get it hooked into power? This kind of is a device that needs to be up against a wall somewhere, which makes it pointless. Hmm. Unless you want to have an ugly cord running across your floor. I mean, they do make, like, runner covers... Yeah. That'll make it a little, little flatter to the floor. That's true. I don't know. Um, so anyways, as you guys heard, um, it is a 2017 coffee table. Two USB charging ports, two power ports. Connect to your TV via Bluetooth. So you can actually play your TV speakers through the coffee table. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, tempered glass Especially since most TVs, if you don't have a stereo, most TVs don't have a great a speaker. speaker system. So you're not gonna you're, if it, even if the speaker system is equal to your TV, it's gonna be a little bit closer to you. Right. So um, tempered glass top, which means that you're not gonna get any stains or anything like that from putting your beer on top of it or like moisture observing from it. Speaking of moisture or anything like that, that's not gonna ruin the uh, touchscreen panel, which controls all of the devices, including the refrigerator, temperature, to lighting, and everything else, um, which is pretty cool. Um, it has LED lighting underneath it, and on the inside of it, Bluetooth speakers, like I already said, refrigerator drawer, um, and two USB charging ports. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So it's, uh, I'm trying to see Bluetooth speakers, ditch to the little box, play music with your smart device, LED lighting, TV connect. I'm trying to see how many beers this thing can hold. Touchscreen interface, tempered glass, USB charging... Power port storage drawers. Uh, it has an extra storage drawer crossed from the refrigerator. How much is the refrigerator going to hold? More than just a cooler. So far, it looks like they have, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight times, one, four, 32 items inside the refrigerator. Yeah, I would wonder how the depth is if it would hold their 22-ounce bottles. But other than that, it looks oh, great. Oh, that's true. I would definitely want to know that. Yep. So, um, yeah, pretty cool. Um, and somewhere in here it tells you a range. It goes to almost freezing to about, like, 50 degrees. Um, and one of these bad boys is going to run you right around 649 U.S. dollars did you see plus the shipping. Did you see the Twinsies level? No. Where's that? Down, down, down. Oh, shit. If you want two of these Sobros, 
If you got a soul bro for your soul bro, you could pay $1,098 plus shipping. So that's cheaper per unit. It is. By, what, 50 bucks? Yeah. You get 63% off. Yep. So, <clears throat> um, and that is not the granddaddy of them all. Sobro Distributor, it's the broiest. You get six Sobro coffee tables designed um, with refrigerator, Bluetooth, LED lights, charging ports, touchscreen, and more. All tables must be shipped to the same address. Save $1,001 on each table for a total savings of $6,006. Bro. Bro. <laughs> My garage is full of Sobros, bro. <laughs> Uh, that's a pretty cool so coffee that's table. So, bro, um, we do have a new plug and play production headquarters coming to works. We might be able to work something out. Um, you have a month left on it. They're looking for uh, fifty thousand US dollars. They're one thousand eight hundred ninety nine percent back at nine thousand nine hundred and thirty nine thousand five hundred thirty seven dollars. They're, they're like, at a million dollars. They're fifty almost. grand shy of a million. No, yes, they're 50 grand shot. And some change. And some change. Um, it's a flexible goal. So that's if they the don't it, meet their criteria, then they'll, they'll still be good. That's the way Indiegogo rolls. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's at the prototype, ta- prototype stage. It was pretty interesting. It's by Storebound out of New York. So it's a uh, white... Um, and I know that you could customize that. I believe there is some other colors also. Okay. Um, well, I'm just looking at that white, and I'm thinking you could customize that really easy with some uh, vinyl that you could get from Etsy and other places. Oh, definitely. You can definitely make it whatever color you want. And I'm then, thinking it's sort of the shape of a... Let me see the back and sides of it. Well, I'm trying to look. They're going to go with a wood grain and a black. I think white's the best. I think white's the best one. I want to see what the back looks like. Not that part, the other side. Okay, hold on. Oh, shit. I think it's just flat. Flat would be good. I'm thinking NES controller. Oh, that would be cool. So, bro. Imagine an NES control pad on that. I don't think that's flat, though. What do you mean? It might be textured. Okay. But you can still get an NES controller on there. That'd be cool. All right, guys. So, Tim, that's what I got. So, bro, what you got? Well, I've just got, you know, a little thing called Maximum Apocalypse. Okay. Tell me about it. So, I guess it's not a board game. It's more like a card game. Um, It kind of goes along with We Are Alive or Walking Dead. Kind of a scenario like End of the World, Small Group of Survivors. It's a cooperative um, game with uh, between two and six players. Okay. And I'll go ahead and let them talk a little bit more about it. In this wasteland of our former civilization... We are the ones left standing. Men and women bonded together and reduced to one singular instinct. Survival. We will explore the ravaged landscape, scavenge what we can, and face whatever enemies lie in the shadows. We can only hope to find what we need to escape and live to face another day. Suffered loss, but we persevere. We're fighters and survivors. Do you have what it takes to join our ranks? Welcome to Maximum Apocalypse, a cooperative roguelike adventure game for two to six players. 
mission log and pick one of the post-apocalyptic scenarios that you'll have to face and set up the game. Select one of the six different survivor classes and get ready. Roll dice to spawn monsters. Draw cards from your deck. Play instant effects and equip gear and weapons. Explore the map and scavenge for resources. Attack enemies. Increase hunger. Suffer damage. Will you survive the apocalypse? Fuck, I might have to buy this. Yeah, um, so there's an interesting backing level here for uh, the bottom level. I'll go back up all the way up. The cheap one. For $1. You get access to the final print and play files of the game. So, if that's what I think it means... You just print your own. You could print your own. If we, like, print it on a high-quality stock and maybe put it in, the, like, those sleeves that you put magic cards in... Yeah. Like, if you look at the game pieces, um, a little bit further down, like, I think we could make our own game, basically. Like oh, the, yeah. The little discs might be kind of challenging, no, um, but you just need some basic markers, some dice, and then the rest is just cards. There yeah. is 350 cards, so the printing cost might be prohibitive. The actual game, if you buy the game, I think is $40, which isn't bad for a game. Um... Plus five dollars shipping to U.S. and it will deliver in about a year in May two thousand eighteen. So that's two of the um, levels. The retailer level I don't understand. It's a retailer pledge, so I guess that just gives you a, a spot in line to buy the game. Um, you'll have access to all the the stretch goals, and so if you want to buy the game in bulk later, it's just a five dollar placeholder. So let's scroll all the way down to the the most expensive level. As we do. $130 gets you maximum apocalypse times four. Just basically four copies. Sweet. So that's, uh, wait. Is that even a deal? No. That's a bad. That's going be 80 bucks. 90. It's like $83 a piece. No, so 40 times four is what? 160. Okay, so it's $30 off. Okay. So that's a pretty good deal. Um, but yeah. You get to choose a class like fireman or um, surgeon or hunter. Murderer. I mean, there's fighter. I guess you could be murderer. Yeah. Um, the art's pretty cool. Um, supposedly it's different every time you play. It's cooperative, which I like. I've had a lot of fun playing cooperative games recently. Um, Switch? No, I mean uh, board games, too. Oh, nice. There's several that are cooperative now. Um, it comes with three totally different post complex scenarios. I'm thinking expansions are definitely built into oh, this. Oh, definitely. So, yeah, check it out. It's uh, It looks interesting. Maximum Apocalypse. Sweet. That's over on Kickstarter, guys. All right, Tim. Uh, you want to talk about some dumbfounding news? Yeah, this one's weird. Um, this is not intuitive. So I, I understand it. I can explain it to you. Um, but Breath of the Wild actually has sold more copies than, than the, the systems 
the, the system itself. Yeah. So Breath of the Wild, the Switch edition, mm-hmm. has sold more copies than there have been sold Nintendo Switch. So is it freaks like you that like keep their special edition sealed and then buy a normal edition to play? It could be something like that. Or what I'm thinking is, is people are freaked out because they can't find Nintendo Switch and there's probably only like a handful of Zelda one, Zeldas in stock. So people are buying them in anticipation of getting their Which Switch. Which is dumb because every Best Buy event has had stacks and stacks of copies of Zelda. Like there's not a scarcity. There is a scarcity of the special edition and the master edition. Well, those are gone now. Right. But the normal edition, you're yeah. going to be... And you're pl- going to be fine. They're still going to And there's it. always digital if... Like, I want a physical copy, but... Well, yeah, you want a digital copy on Switch, because if not, you got to buy shows, SD cards. Yeah, I'm kind of wondering if I should have waited and got a bigger SD card. But What size did you get? I want to say 32. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with a 64. It might have been a 64. What's the maximum? 128. Yeah. Right now. I think you can go with the 256, though, on it. Those are expensive. 128 is kind of the sweet spot for... Price versus storage. Yep. I have only got like five games so far. I could re-download them since the save Easy, files are yeah. on the store on the system itself. It's not a big deal. Yep. So that's weird though that there's like yeah. pe- people are like holding their games instead of playing them. Exactly. Um, so, anyways, Nintendo obviously couldn't ask for uh, a better start, uh, but we can dig dig into numbers. The aspect merges. Nintendo sold 960, or wait, 906,000 units in March. That's of the Switch. Of the Switch. In Nintendo, or the Switch, Breath of the Wild sold 925,000 units. So that's like 20,000 games more yeah. than systems. Um, they, um, so that's... 460,000 copies were sold for the Wii U. So... Basically, everyone who owns a Wii U. <laughs> yep. So, Breath of the Wild effectively has a 102% attach rate to the Nintendo Switch. There's probably not too many games that could say that. I'm thinking there's probably none. Um, and let's jump over to Project Ukulele. So, were you a big fan of Banjo-Kazooie? No. Okay. Not at all. This is pretty much, from what I'm hearing, Banjo-Kazooie with a different name. It is. It's identical. And it makes my your, dog's your dog angry. Yeah, it makes my dog angry. Tetra chill. So, this was a Kickstarter game. It was. A very successful Kickstarter. Yep. Um, um, people so, are not happy with the game. And I think. Well, it's people that are buying the game not knowing what it is that are not happy with the game. I think they I think represented the, themselves pretty well. Kickstarter people are ecstatic. This is what they wanted. This is what they wanted. It's the people. I think it was, uh, I who it was on the Beast cast, I was just listening to it, and they put it perfectly that, there, so we wrote in to the Beast cast, and they put it perfectly, I should say. Their girlfriend came in the room, saw the video game, and said, why are you playing this type of game? He said, well, it's a Banjo-Kazooie predecessor. She said, okay. And she sat down, and he went to the main menu, and she goes, why do the menus bounce into the middle and then bounce out. Why isn't it like they go to the left and just keep going? Again, it's a Banjo-Kazooie thing. So and he, she wanted to try and play it, so she tried to play it. And she goes, why does it control like crap compared to normal games nowadays? Well, it's a Banjo-Kazooie thing. And that's exactly what this game is. 
So it's a good case study for like what happens when you actually develop a game based purely on nostalgia and ignoring all the developments and quality of life improvements that we have come to enjoy with modern gaming. So if people want that, um, this is a great trip down nostalgia. There's line. another game that came out recently that sort of that just reminds me of I'm, Axiom Verge. No, no. It's a point-and-click adventure with oh. a really strange title, which is why I can't remember it. But it, it follows Persona Five. No. Um, it'll come to me like later when it doesn't matter anymore. Okay. But the point is, is that it follows the formula of the old point-and-click adventures, which are very obtuse. Yeah. You have to like go and, and like pixel by pixel examine everything in the environment, like the old games. Yeah. And for some people, that will resonate. Like, oh my god, this is what I. This is what I wanted. But for a modern gamer, they're like, this is annoying. Like, why am I yeah. wasting all my time hunting and? Like going through all these options and solving this puzzle in this really weird way. Yeah, it's, so uh, I think this is just a good example of why reviews still might matter in the year two, 2017. It's 2020. like twenty twenty, or that year too. Yeah. If we're all still alive then and not smoking craters, Chester thanks. The Cheeto. Thanks to North Korea. Um, Don't worry, they can't get their missiles off. Or they're saving the good ones for later. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. Um, so, Steam might be having a, a uh, little red-flagged competitor coming onto the market. Uh-huh. So, Chinese mega corporation Tencent is refreshing its flagship game platform. We'll send 50 cent tech them out. Yeah, we'll send 50 cent. You're like, do it. That's it's 40 a- more cents. You'll be like, pow, pow, motherfucker. So, dubbed Wii Game... Will Don't worry, actually, our president's got this Buy American, like, bill, or executive orders in his sign, so he's going to fuck those Chinese guys yeah, up. Yeah, don't worry about don't it. Don't worry about it. Um, so, they're going to support international users and give the gaming world its first true competitor to Steam. Um, the problem with Steam is we're all on the Master Race, are all way too reliant on them. Uh, the news broke on Twitter over the weekend, thanks to Nico Partners analyst Daniel Hamad... That sounds terroristic, so this name will be probably well, from since this we're podcast. S- while we're speaking from a place of ignorance, isn't the Chinese and Korean market mostly based on MOBAs? Like, yeah. The, so and I'm not. Like, I'm not like StarCraft and stuff. Right. So I'm not really worried about them knocking Steam off. Like maybe they'll dominate that market, and that's fine. I don't care. But that's what Steam's big breadwinner is right now, Dota. Okay, but there's I still feel a, a decent amount of place in the market for single player experiences oh, tons. and other and it even more, and how, even even multiplayer experiences. It depends on how Americanized they're going to make this platform. If they're going to make this an identical clone to Steam, but put way more funding and money into it than Steam's put into it. Well, I bet they would come at it from a different angle than Steam. Maybe um, a new focus on Western users combined with massive buying power of today's Asian consumers can make Wii Game a force to be reckoned with, apparently. Well, uh, Tencent is holding plenty of cards when it comes to developing and publishing games. The company owns Riot Games, League of Legends, and Supercell Clash of Clans outright. It has a piece of glue mobile makers of Kim Kardashian's Hollywood, and it even has a minority stake in both Epic Games and Activision and Blizzard. So I'll give them this for, like, if you're going to just count numbers of users and numbers of games and dollar amounts. They kind of Yes. They, they might be a... They might be but I think it's, it's users. It's kind of like comparing Nintendo to Microsoft, though, yeah. in my opinion. Like, it really I, is. I think it's serving a different market. A completely different market. That's, they're going to be serving League of Legends. 
in their Kim Kardashian vans. So maybe Steam takes a hit in that area, but I'm not worried for Steam in this regard. No, I wouldn't be either. But I thought it was kind of interesting. It is. like That could dominate that area of the market. Definitely. It definitely could. Um, especially, which would be kind of funny because Steam has both... League and Dota on it, I believe. I'm not sure if League can actually be installed. Those games have both been going for a while. And And they're both huge competitors. But I'm just saying, like, StarCraft was huge for a while. And those two games have been huge for a while. I feel like it's almost time for the... Overwatch. Nah, I don't think so. That's not quite... There's got something more along the vein, the vein of uh, Dota or League of Legends. I I feel like it's almost time for the next thing, whatever it is. I don't know what that is. I don't know if it's even made yet. I don't know. Probably not. Um, in our final... I know news, what it'll be. Plants vs. Zombies Modern Warfare. Oh, Jesus Christ. Or Garden Warfare, sorry. No, no, well, No, it's been around for a while. But you haven't seen the next one. Uh, that's true. Um, following up, our very final thing is Switch-related. Version 2.2.0 is now available for download. It uh, is going to be a minor update promising the usual stability and minor changes. Nintendo's lone patch note is a typical one. General system stability improvements to enhance a user experience. That is, regarding the official news, there can be very small tweaks that Nintendo isn't mentioning, but we don't know for sure. So Hopefully someone will figure out what they actually changed. Exactly. Um, that is all the news that I brought to the table this week. Or we got some game releases. This week. And I'm ready to switch it over to Tim for game releases. Alright, so we've got the Disney Afternoon Collection. So I think I remember this being um, like all the old Disney games like um, DuckTales and, oh, it could be. and Chippendale, all the classics. Like the Chippendale dancers, yep. Yeah. No, 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 the, oh. the Chipmunks, sadly. Oh, oh, the Chipmunks. We're going, like, way back, NES, Super Nintendo. Gotcha. Um, there was a whole bunch of these back yeah. in the day, and I think this is a collection of those. Sweet. It's coming out for PS4, Xbox One, and PC April the 18th. Guardians of the Galaxy from our friends at Telltale launched today, also, April 18th, for PS4, Xbox One, PC, iOS, and Android. Huh. It um, dropped all at once. I'm wondering if... iOS, I'll bet there's a fair amount of people that that play it that way. Android, I doubt. I doubt it, but I wonder what the... I'd like... I almost kind of want to play a Telltale game on on an iPad now and see what it's like. No, you don't. Maybe I should finish Game of Thrones that way. No, you shouldn't. Why not? I hate that game anyway. It makes me me cry. It's so sad. Everybody dies. I know! All right, The Silver Case, PS4, April 18th. Voodoo Vince Remastered comes out for Xbox One and PC. That's like an old... Is it Xbox original game? I have no idea. I've never heard of it before. It sounds like a Parappa the Rapper knockoff. Eh, I think it's a really old game, though, like Xbox. Hmm. One, this one, next one I'm, I really want to check out, and I might buy it for the Switch just because I like having things for the Switch. Wonder Boy, The Dragon's Trap, PS4. What the fuck is that? Wonder Boy is a Sega game. It's a... Side scrolling platform jumper. Great. Yeah, but it's got um, kind of a cool art style. I'll, mm. We should look up pictures later. Yeah. PS4, Xbox One, Switch. Um, tomorrow, Final Station DLC, the the only trader, comes out for PC. And this is the game that I've got loaded up, ready to go, that I want to play. I've heard it's about two or three hours, so I want to try to play it in one sitting. 
Um, I had a good time with the final station. You can write, read my review on the Bud Smashers. And I'm not promising a review on the DLC, but I definitely am going to play it. This next one I wish was coming out for PS4 VR, but it's not. Rick and Morty Simulator. Vibe. Virtual Rickality. I got to play a demo of this at the Cartoon Network booth. Did you play in the Vibe too? Yes. Nice. And it's like being in the fucking cartoon. Like oh, you're... speaking of which, Vive, hmm. HTC just dropped. They're going to be giving a 1070 in a combo pack for a thousand dollars. So the Vive is six hundred. Mm-hmm. Or seven hundred. Is it seven hundred? Six ninety nine. I think the Vive might be six ninety nine. So you basically get a hundred dollars off of your graphics card whenever you purchase a Vive. $999, Tim. My den... Would is, be perfect for a fucking Vive. Is ideally set up and for And you have VR. a PC that can run the Vive. Damn you, Zach. Why did you have to tell me that? Just saying. Um, I mean, I, got a coffee table. I much prefer the Vive to the Oculus. So do I. For one reason. It no, actually two, might get hooked up. Two reasons. It's got the better room tracking system, in my opinion. It does. And it only has one USB. I don't know what the fuck Oculus is doing with three SU USBs, but that's bullshit. I know. That's poor planning. Yeah. And I'm not even going to get into the, like, whole, like, that one developer for the Oculus that was embroiled in political controversy, and the other one, John Carmack, got sued by Cinemax. Like, Oculus just feels like... Oculus has got fucked. It feels cursed. Yeah. They're <laughs> like, cursed. I think going... They brought VR to the mass, and then they got fucked. I think going forward, Vive is a better way to go to. I'd have to agree. All right, we've got two more releases. City Skylines for Xbox One and Micro Machines World Series for PS4, Xbox One. Both coming out April 21st. Sweet. Sounds good, guys. Well, that is that. That is this for this week. That is this. this no, is my that. God, not again. <laughs> so, don't forget to check us out at Facebook.com forward slash Plug and Play Show. Twitter and Instagram at the Plug and Play Cast. YouTube.com forward slash plug and play gamer, which if you are watching us, hit the like, subscribe button, leave us a little comment, we'll get back to you. You always check out our articles over at thebuttonsmashers.com, pluginplaygamer.com. And until next week, don't forget to. Were you say something? No. Prime? What were you say? Like us on YouTube and we'll feed it. I'll feed Zach's dog. Otherwise, she'll be hungry. Oh shit. And shine.